Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. In this episode, we have two of our co-editors and one of our contributors on the line to talk about the Superstar Shake-Up, the recent WrestleMania week exploits of some of our contributors, as well as other exciting site content coming soon. Go to www.prowrestlingpost.com for interviews, blogs, reviews, and upcoming events in your area. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now, on with the show. All right, welcome everybody. We did try and record this last week, but my laptop uh, snafu'd us, so hopefully this one works out. My name is Brandy Wagner. I'm one of the co-editors of the Pro Wrestling Post, and today I am joined by Mark Madison, one of our other co-editors, and Robbie Sutter, one of our contributors. Good evening, guys. Howdy. Good evening. How's everybody? So we are recording this on the very heels of the Superstar Shake-Up, as SmackDown has gone off the air about 10 minutes or so ago now. So we just wanted to run over the comings, goings, who we think won, who we think lost, and what possible matches could be in our future. First up, we have, of course, have uh, the flagship show, Monday Night Raw. And the superstars that they gained in the Superstar Shake-Up so, so far are The Miz, the uh, NXT Tag Team Champions War Raiders, who are now known as the Viking Experience, Cedric Alexander, Andrade and Zelina Vega, Rey Mysterio, The Usos, Naomi, Eric Young, AJ Styles, and Ricochet. Mark, uh, have you heard anybody else that's moving over onto the red side of the world? Uh, at this point, I haven't, uh, but things could easily kind of materialize that, um, by the way, go straight to www.com. Um, there's some things that we could assume based on the fact that they didn't show up tonight, but it's funny the way that the WWE works. Um, they, they, they changed the name of the tag team that I think has become the biggest talked about. I don't think I could have turned on anything with social media where that name wasn't going to pop up. Uh, the Viking experience, I've heard everything called from everything from sounding like a dating app to um, an excursion uh, that you would want to go on, but have nothing to do with the actual tag team. But uh, the one argument about it is they probably didn't want the name more associated with sponsorship, and so um, it probably doesn't sit well. But as far as um, anybody else I thought going to Raw, uh, not that I've heard of. How about you, Robbie? Um, as far as people uh, going to Raw is concerned, um, one name I've seen kind of rumored was Samoa Joe. Uh, the reason he wasn't on this past Monday's Raw was due to illness. He had the flu from what I've been seeing. And I think that if anyone were to go to that brand, it would be Joe. Reason being that if you've seen SmackDown tonight, you'll know that a certain intercontinental champion was the first uh, SmackDown draft pick. And Samoa Joe holds the United States Championship. So, logically, you wouldn't want one show to be without a mid-card champion. Mm-hmm. That's, why, that's why I think Joe would be a safe bet. Yeah. 
That's very true. Um, we'll get into more of what SmackDown gained or didn't really uh, in a second. I've heard also that maybe Aleister Black might be permanent to Raw, but the Superstar Shakeup is actually going to be going on throughout the week. So there'll be more moves made um, throughout the week, and we can touch on this again um, next week. Now, uh, onto SmackDown Live, as Robbie mentioned, the first draft pick was Finn Balor. Uh, Balor Club will be repping the blue brand with the Intercontinental Championship. Um, who else was pulled over onto the blue side? Uh, Robbie? Uh, well, they showed uh, that Lars Sullivan is apparently going to be a SmackDown superstar. Uh, following Carmella's loss to Charlotte Flair tonight, uh, Lars Sullivan made yet another... Uh, statement, to say the least, by attacking R-Truth, laying him out with the freak accident. Looked like he was going to do the same to Carmella, had not the referee pulled her out of the ring. So he's going to be um, Team Blue as well. And then it seemed like we moved on to the women's action, and we have three female uh, draft picks. First one who came out, uh, to confront Becky Lynch, who was cutting a promo, was Ember Moon. After Ember Moon spoke for a while, we got Bailey. And then after she spoke for a while and the Iconics uh, came out to do their thing, cut their promo, uh, we had Paige come out and announce that a new tag team would be emerging in the female division. First, she um, brought out Asuka, who was already a SmackDown uh, talent. And then Asuka's new tag team partner, fresh from NXT, Kyrie Sane. So she is the sole NXT draft pick on SmackDown, as far as we know. So Asuka and Kyrie are going to be a tandem for the time being, managed by Paige. Uh, moving back to the, the men's side of things, Buddy Murphy from 205 Live is going to be a talent and uh, once we came back from commercial Vince McMahon made his his historic uh, draft announcement first he brought out Elias to the uh, confusion of the audience and to uh, viewers around the, the world Elias cut his thing you know said oh, you know hold your applause silence your cell phones etc etc was doing his thing and then Roman Reigns, who's been a Raw guy for the longest time, came out and uh, not only laid out Elias, but Vince McMahon as well. He took a Superman punch like a champ. So Roman Reigns, he has made SmackDown Live his yard. And those are the eight draft picks that uh, SmackDown has been given. Again, there could be more as the week goes on, but for the time being, that's that's where we're at right now. Okay, Mark, how do you think these two sides stack up in comparison? SmackDown seems kind of lacking at the moment. Interesting that you say that because I really like how they developed that women's division. Um, Nikki Cross hasn't been mentioned, and I, I could we could assume where she's going to be, but if she stays with SmackDown, I, I think they're deep. Whether they're going to build teams or individuals um, challenging for, I mean, it's it's really face-heavy 
it really if anything um but i i like the fact of of roman going over there i mean if they're going to do the one for one trade off between him and spiles it seems to make sense um uh i i, I kind of like that i mean i i see where robbie's point is it's too bad that nothing was mentioned about joe um and where he would have been or where he to something to that effect, it, it kind of is a little confusing, and it then tends to be underwhelming because it is a mid-card title. Um, it would have been nice to see at least him do a promo like Buddy Murphy did. He doesn't have to be there, um, but if he, they could have pre-filmed something, it would have helped or something. Uh, I don't know. Um, and uh, had it happened yesterday in Raw, it might have helped. So... Um, that is true. Um, sorry to interrupt, but on the note of Samojo, apparently he did make it to the arena. There were a lot of um, travel issues with getting into Montreal, but apparently he was very violently ill. So I don't know if a pre-tape would have been possible. No, was was that a case though for the weekend? Like if they if they knew the decision was that the day removed, did it just come on quite suddenly and there wasn't anticipated? That's entirely possible because he did show up to the arena, but was just too too ill to do anything. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, they could have easily mentioned that. I guess they'll just, as is life, right? They, they're just adjusted and kind of figure it out as they go. And if something does come about, it, it would be underwhelming if they just kind of, oh, by the way, put it on Twitter or social media and it, it's prominent enough title as Joe has been um, he's and he's going back to Raw then have something something that's a little more prominent even if he shows up next week uh, that still could work right so uh, definitely there'll definitely be a flood of social media announcements I don't know if they're going to do anything on 205 Live because their brand has been in play it is possible but how many of us watch 205 Live? Cue the cricket. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we don't love our 205 Live friends. It's just at the end of five hours of WWE programming, it, it's a lot. It's quite exhausting. As we all found out over WrestleMania weekend. Because seven and a half hours was a long, long, long day slash night. Uh, that was... All right, before uh, we dive into... And uh, we actually fell asleep, unfortunately, under the watching, you know, what we all came to watch, which was the main event. And just to wake up saying, what? She won? Huh? It was uh, <laughs> a little sad. A little sad to know that that's what happened. Yes, I, a lot of people did that. And I had to bust out the emergency, like, in case break of glass in case of emergency cheesecake that I had stashed away in order to stay awake for that match. So yeah, I, just thought you wanted a midnight, I just thought you wanted a midnight snack, but no, no, you were going to keep that thing come hell or high water. Yes, because I knew I was going to need the sugar boost. Now, before we get into all of the great happenings that Robbie and I took part in over wrestling WrestleMania weekend... Let's go ahead and take a moment and listen to our friends from powerslam.tv. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. 
Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Thank you for listening to our friends over at powerslam.tv. We do have to pay the bills because this podcast, like all of our amazing content over on prowrestlingpost.com, is free. And we hope to make this uh, at least some trio or duo reporting in every week um, a regular thing as long as my computer cooperates. I started the WrestleMania weekend way early by attending PCW Ultra's Wrestle Summit in uh, Los Angeles, California. Oops, sounds like my co-host is here, Sapphire. He just made an appearance. Yes, yes, we're talking about wrestling. Uh, I was, was Sapphire's name inspired by the ballet of Dusty Rhodes? No, I do get that a lot, and no, she wasn't. It's because she is a blue point Siamese cat, and she has blue eyes. And I like gemstones, so she is sapphire. But I did attend the PCW Ultra Wrestle Summit, which was very cool. This was a coming together of several promotions. PCW Ultra, of course, being the host. DeFi Wrestling from the Pacific Northwest. um, Pro Wrestling Revolver from the Midwest. Um... Impact Wrestling had a couple of representatives as well, and a bunch of freelance talent like Hikutaru and Happy Man. I had not personally seen a lot of these talent before, so it was a ton of fun. For me, the highlight was the mix, well, you can't really say mixed tag team match because it was also an intergender match, but the team of uh, Johnny Ultra and or Johnny Impact or Johnny Blackcraft or Johnny 1000 last names and Taya Valkyrie taking on Tessa Blanchard and Daga, which was a lot of fun. And even though it got scary because Taya cracked herself on the ring post and knocked herself, you know, silly and broke herself open. Ouch. Yeah, my friend actually got it on video, and it was it was. It was gnarly. So after that, I headed over to the New York metropolitan area. And Robbie and I attended uh, three shows, which was pretty cool. We attended the first annual Pizza Party Wrestling Show. And yes, that was exactly what it sounded like. There was a pizza party and there was wrestling going on. Yeah, I'm in love with you. Out of all the shows we saw during that stretch of time, this was the one I was the most curious about, mainly because it was the first of these pizza party wrestling events that they're holding, it seems like. So there really wasn't a precedent, per se. And I came away thoroughly entertained. It was a It was a a lot of fun. They had a lot of unknown names, but they also had a few big ones like Robbie Eagles from the Bullet Club. You had um, Adam Brooks, who we'll be talking about later with our site content section. You had Faye Jackson competing, who was very awesome. Her milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. And we had a video from uh, Chikara. That's true. The master of snake style 
took on the pizza-eating feline counterpart of Shotzi Blackheart known as Pizza Cat. Ophidia made it uh, very clear that he was not a fan of pizza. Snakes don't like it, apparently. No, and they were trying to get him to eat it. I'm like, guys, the mask covers his mouth. How can he eat? Well, moving on from the fun of Pizza Party Wrestling, they will be holding more events. It won't be like a monthly deal, but more of a special occasion. Well, they'll put together one of these super cards for them and throw a pizza party. We also had party hats and um, what are those things that you, you blow in and they... they... The, the, the party blowers? Yes, those things. That was fun. Uh, we also attended one of the MLW tapings, which was my highlight because we got to meet my current wrestling obsession, which is Filthy Tom Lawler, and he was super duper sweet. Yeah, he's a very chill guy. Very laid back, very cool. And that was Robbie's first experience with MLW. I, of course, cover MLW for the site, and it was very cool to actually see it in person as we were seated in the front row. So you will see us uh, across the next, like, four weeks of television. Right. We, we almost had a, we had a bit of a, a, a run-in with a certain uh, masked legend. Yes. Uh, there was one point in the evening where L.A. Park was tossed into the, uh, the, the barricade in front of us. <laughs> yeah, and it's important to note that the, the security guard is kind of telling us to move away because he knows what's going to happen. But the problem was, problem was that the camera people were in front of us, so our vision was obstructed. I, I, well, I don't know if you had this problem, Brandy, but I had no idea what was going on. I, I just, by the time it was happening, it was too late. I was frozen in fear. My life was flashing before my very eyes as this hulking luchador was hurtling at me. <laughs> Uh, if nothing else, it's a fun little, fun little story to tell the friends. Yes. And finally, what we capped off our weekend with in person was the ROH and JPW G1 Supercard from Madison Square Garden. And if you've ever been to a Madison Square Garden show, you know that there's a certain aura that I think very few arenas can... Uh, can generate it was it was fun i thought for the most part for the most part i mean i'm of the opinion that many people are of that roh's contributions to the show didn't really match up to new japan's and uh, they really held up the card and put out some really high caliber wrestling that is worth seeking out to watch it was a lot of fun, especially the Honor Rumble. Don't overlook the Battle Royal just because it's at the beginning and you think it's a throwaway. It's not. No, it's it wasn't. And, you know, even if I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the ROH-focused stuff, I will say that there was more than enough here to satiate the, the appetite of the New Japan junkie, if you will. I thought that 
Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay opened the show with a fantastic match. Definitely, definitely a match that will get the crowd hot, and it'll, you know, it'll be something to, you know, to kind of whet the appetite. And we also had Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito contending for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Again, you know, if you put those guys together, you're going to get a great match. And I think that it was probably my second, yeah, I'm going to say my second favorite match of the night. Second to the main event, which was Jay White putting up the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Kazuchika Okada. And I'm going to be real with you guys. Jay White, um, I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of the Switchblade gimmick. I feel like it's a little hokey. Again, going back to the hokiness of wrestling. That being said, they put on a fantastic main event. I think the show ended at like 12, right? Yes, it did. Yeah, as Robbie mentioned, uh, wrestling is hokey, but wrestling is also art. And art was being painted on that beautiful, hand-painted canvas that was on the ring that was actually painted by Dave Cole, former wrestler, now full-time artist. He painted several canvases for the collective going on in Jersey and for the uh, Supercard event itself, and it was absolutely gorgeous. So if you can, take a look in the pictures and the video it looks as good as a screen print or a silk print. It's that good. Yeah. And it was on that canvas that we got to see Okada win yet another IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Best part? Didn't even have to go to Japan to see it. Nope, we didn't. There were no dollar bills coming down from the ceiling, but I, I guess we'll overlook that. Yeah, I don't know how, how MSG would be able to handle the logistics of that, but... Now, I did do a little videography piece while we were getting ready and going to the show. Um, And there was a bit after the show went off the air. Um, Okada thanked the crowd um, and said that they would be back. So I am anticipating New Japan coming back to run Madison Square Garden sometime in the future. Uh, Also in the future, I think in September, um, AAA is going to be running Madison Square Garden. So hopefully we get more than just just WWE in the garden. I think it's really awesome that someone other than Vince can run the garden and sell it out. Right. And I know that for the longest time, MSG has been considered Vince McMahon's uh, mecca as far as arenas are concerned. But I think as more of these promotions gain steam, not only New Japan, but AAA, like you said, Maybe even MLW somewhere down the road. Who's to say? I think that you're going to see more of these promotions uh, continue to grow to the point where running an MSG show isn't out of the realm of possibility. Very true. Mark, uh, I know you were able to watch um, a bunch of the shows from home. He was home with Daddy Duty. His baby, Adam, is the cutest thing in creation. Sorry, Sapphire. (laughs) Uh, what what were some of the shows that you took in over the extended weekend? You know, I, unfortunately, I I was kind of living vicariously through you guys and uh, finding out what you were doing and uh, by just just reading up and 
uh, I stuck to you know the granddaddy of all. I, I kind of sat home and I watched WrestleMania. I almost feel uncool by doing that and telling you about it uh, in comparison because um, I, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the other things. Uh, I, I was really you know, just kind of keeping an eye and ear on things. Um, I was limited. I'm not really sure how others are able to, to, to watch as much as they are. And I revel in it. But unfortunately, um, it was WrestleMania. You know, it was a solid, I, I'd say, B to B-plus show. It's not, and for their standards, um, it was it was really well done. The people that were you would hope would win would won, and those that didn't, um, it, it didn't matter, really. Like, I mean, if there was one thing that was, was the Shane McMahon-Miz match where the Miz didn't win, by kind of a fluke, but otherwise, all your champions that were supposed to win walked away as champions. The matches were really well done. Um, there's going to be criticism as to how finishes were done or not done. Um, I'm not going to get into the semantics of that because when you're trying to get something perfect and you've got 80,000 people watching you, let's see if you don't make a mistake. And um, <laughs> with that many eyeballs on you, I'm not going to split hairs on that. Um, and I'm referring to the main event. Uh, I was definitely history. It was great that they had that opportunity. Could the match have been better? Maybe. Um, but again, opportunity came. They had time. They weren't cut short. It was about 30 minutes, maybe. Uh, I want to say even if it, in upwards, at least 20 plus. And, uh, yeah, um, they got the, the main event, or they got the Universal title match out of the way. I missed that. I was putting my son to bed um, <laughs> at that point. Uh, or my daughter, who's one of them. I don't know. It's, uh, they, they're not considerate, these little guys. Are, you know, no, no, you, I don't want you to watch that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that... No, it, that, that wasn't really... What I did hear was that Seth Rollins really was beaten kind of within an inch of his life my wife had said i don't know how that guy is still standing because of where he landed on certain things i and i didn't see the match um but um he walked away the winner so um yeah it was definitely innovative to start a match off with the universal chance start a show with your universal championship match and none of i don't think any of us were really like we hoped for seth to win but we never actually anticipated for him to actually win. So that was that was pretty cool. And it was a good show. It was just too long. I'm sorry. Seven and a half, seven and a half hours is way too long. Yeah. I, I agreed. And the problem with it being as long as it was is you're going to lose interest in the matches that matter. It, it didn't matter because if you're watching it like I was, you, you pass out at a certain point. Um, unless you're there in person and uh, are on your feet, um, it's you're gonna lose attention, right? You're gonna it's those two hours of pre pre event showing and then the actual event. It's it's just losing something, right? Rob? Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, and I agree with what you said, Mark, in the sense that on this show, pretty much everybody that you wanted to see win won, and I think that speaks to the importance of giving the audience what they want. Not just that, but, you know, ensuring that the good guys eventually win. I am of the opinion that you can put the hero in as much turmoil and 
make them go through as much adversity as you want, as long as you get that uh, that payoff. One of my favorite supervillains, and I always use this comparison when I'm talking about this subject, is the Joker. Whether you're talking about Jack Nicholson, Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger, whomever, the Joker is one of my favorite villains ever. At the end of the day, though, Batman eventually has to overcome him. And I feel like sometimes in wrestling, you don't really get that payoff that you're hoping for, and it leaves you kind of empty. I don't think WrestleMania left me empty in that respect, and I think that's one of the reasons why I look at it a little more fondly than I would have otherwise. Like, the the WWE Championship match, great match. I thought it was the best match of the night, but I think that if Brian were to win instead of Kofi getting his moment, my view of it would be a, a little less glowing. So I'm very happy that we got those 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 euphoric payoffs, if you will. It's definitely important, and uh, you know we're all going to be here a year from now talking about WrestleMania 36. So how how bad did they really do? <laughs> no. We're hooked for life. No. No, I think uh, in terms of the WrestleManias that have been done over the years, I'd say this is on the the, the higher end of things. Worse than all, it was, a, it was a good show. That it was. And as sad as it is, we are going to move on, but we have more wrestling, awesome wrestling content for you. And we'll talk about what's coming up on the site this week. We will have an Indie Watch Spotlight on... Adam Brooks that we talked about that we saw at Pizza Party Wrestling. He'll also be participating in the upcoming hmm nope he's not on that show I thought he was but he's going to be on a show near you hopefully very soon because he I didn't know who he was and then I saw him wrestle and I'm like yep that guy's got it. Um, growing popular talent in Aussie and Australia, New Zealand, uh, part of uh, South Pro Wrestling New Zealand, and then competing in Melbourne City Wrestling. Really a special, special guy. He's been part of um, PWG. He's he's really kind of run the gamut with where he's been, and now he's crossing over, and he's going to, Brooksy is going to do something special. Um, really, so... Uh, look out for him. He's, he's competing uh, in Wrestling Revolver. He was a last-minute addition. He faced Matt Cross uh, when they had their pancakes and power drivers event uh, within the last couple of weeks. I guess WrestleMania week. Mm-hmm. He was the switch in. It was actually supposed to be Sanjay Dutt, but uh, the WWE pulled him, so the decision was for Brooks to go in. Um, I guess you know he permits and. Working visas. Unfortunately, Pac was also supposed to compete in that event, and that didn't work out. But it did for Adam Brooks. And uh, look out for him. He's um, he's creating a niche for himself too. Yes, and PWG is like the measuring stick for independent wrestling. If Super Dragon brings you in, then you're something special because he doesn't just shill out the money to bring somebody in for no reason. Nope. We also have uh, one of my previews coming up this week for Over the Top Wrestling's Contenders 14. 
Some of the card is Mark Haskins versus Terry Thatcher. Callum Black versus Chris Ridgway. Scotty Davis versus Hyper Streak. And More Than Hype will be in action against Fabulous Nikki and Club Tropicana. Now, if you have not looked up Over the Top Wrestling in Ireland, you need to pause this podcast right now. Go to YouTube and look up their channel and watch the hype video for Jordan Devlin versus Walter. That is one of the best done video packages ever. Ever. But you could wait till the end of the podcast. You don't have to pause with us. You can, like, give us that time of day and then go over to watch OTT. <laughs> or you could pause it. It's three minutes. Uh. We also have from uh, one of our Pacific Northwest uh, promotions, Without a Cause Wrestling, our contributor, Philip, will be talking about their event, Fool's Gold, and that will be highlighted by a Fool's Gold match to crown the first ever Without a Cause champion. Now, that match will involve Daniel Maccabay, who we also saw at Pizza Party Wrestling, uh, Kingpin Johnny Flynn, Sonico, Jaden, The Whisper, Alex Zane, who we also saw at Pizza Party Wrestling, and Eli Surge. And there'll be another wrestler that will be added to that mix as they crown their first champion. So look out for uh, that one from Philip in the coming weeks just to whet your appetite a little bit because. Without a Cause is one of the rising stars in the independent scene, not just in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they bring over a lot of talent uh, from Pacific, Canadian area, Alberta, Calgary. Um, they're coming over from there. I'm a full She was part of, she competed with them. She primarily was a full master. She hasn't come over uh, recently, but yeah, they they are. We're logging for. I don't know if Brandy maybe remembers or Robbie. I'm logging definitely. We have a, a couple of really talented uh, wrestlers that are part of the uh, RCW um, out in Alberta, and they compete under the name Envy, or, or they did compete under the name Envy and Jack Pride. And we're hoping that that without a cause, we'll pick up the cause and you know hire Envy or. Book Jack Fry. So this is us lobbying, or this is me lobbying to get them there because it'd be pretty special to see um, those that are part of the site actually being uh, involved in, in a promotion that we cover too. So it's uh, it's kind of things that would come full circle. So book Jack Fry, book Envy. That's, that's that that's would be the sure. artist formerly known as Envy because she hasn't yes. picked her new name yet. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe she hasn't. She just hasn't informed us yet because. Yeah, we're just her. So, yes, definitely, if you can catch on uh, powerslam.tv, there is a um, promotion or a contributor there called Backbreaker Media, and they put up a lot of RCW stuff as well as other um, Canadian wrestling, and that is also run by one of our contributors by the name of Mike uh, Malawi. Is that how you say his last name? That's right. So we would call him Mike the Rock just because it seems safer. But uh, he's, he, he 
articulates tales from the ringside. And yes, um, Mike is quite busy. I, I know he's kind of in transition with some things, but he's heavily still involved in wrestling in the Canadian Northwest, and we are so excited about that. And, and with what Backbreaker Media does and puts up and is connected to Power Slam, so it's uh, things kind of all coming full circle. One of the best matches I've seen uh, from them is the artist formerly known as Envy taking on uh, international superstar Nicole Matthews. That match is on Power Slam, and you should watch it when this podcast is over. Yes. Or pause it for a few minutes. No? <laughs> also, we have a couple of, sh- of columns debuting this week with Mark. We have his NXT review, and what's that one called? Uh, actually, this would be the second week. It Maybe is. Last week. It did. Yeah, Tra- well, traveling you know, each time, so for me it's the first. <laughs> hey, great. Uh, the NXT Inquest, uh, basically we um, go over NXT the week that was, uh, things that are emerging. Uh, there's a lot of questions now. We've lost some NXT talent. What's going to happen next? Um, is it now Johnny Franchise? Is it Johnny Gargano that's going to be taking on all comers? And who's he going to challenge now? Of those that is Adam Cole still part of it? Is he move on to something else? More questions still to be answered, asked, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, Sunday is um, so we're starting something that in conversation I thought, well, how do we bring in more WWE? content. Well, let's try something by turning the clock back a little bit. So um, what we're going to do is a retro view, which is a review of an old pay-per-view leading up to an upcoming pay-per-view. So does that sound confusing? Probably. It's just how I articulate it. But uh, Money in the Bank uh, is the next related WWE pay-per-view. Um, they haven't mentioned it yet, probably because they've been so inundated with super, uh, the Superstar shakeup that it may just as well commence next week. But there's enough time between now and then. We're going to look at each, um, starting from the first Money in the Bank pay-per-view, 2010. We're going to run down what happened then. Interesting to see who was on that card um, and in the promotion then and to see how far things have come. Uh, current WWE champion was just a part of a Money in the Bank championship match. Probably never thought he had a chance at it. Here we fast forward nine years later and Kofi Kingston that was in one is now walking with walking around with the title. So it's um, really interesting to see how that all came about. So um, it's uh, exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. And 3,000 words later, and uh, we'll have it out. And that's something you can look forward to. It's called the WWE Sunday Night Re- Paper Retro View. Uh, and uh, it debuts this week. Definitely something to look out for. We have tons of weekly content that happens every single week. Uh, several of our contributors, like the artist formerly known as Envy, Jack Pride, Dylan Featherstone, Mike the Ref, they rotate, and DJ Jarka out of uh, Buffalo, they kind of rotate with their blogs about their their lives, their stories, and the world of professional wrestling. And we hope that you will go ahead and check us out next week. We'll have more fun action, and hopefully my audio continues to work. Until next time, this has been the Pro Wrestling... Before you you send us off, I I would be remiss 
Uh, Robbie has a wonderful preview that's going to be published. So this is being recorded on Tuesday. It's being released on Wednesday. It's an AEW preview. Uh, Robbie, you want to give us a little snippet of what friends, uh, listeners can anticipate? Uh, this coming AEW talent preview, which is the latest in a long-running series of previews that I've been doing, focuses on the newest female signee of All Elite Wrestling. And her name is? <laughs> I'm going to say it here. <laughs> right, just to build up the suspense right now. Uh, Hakaru Shida, the, the Japanese idol turned dominant pro wrestler. So definitely look out for that. Robbie puts out a AEW talent profile every single Wednesday, uh, talking about who's new, who's been around for a while, and what you can expect from them as we count down to double or nothing. And both of us will actually be in attendance for that. So if you're in Las Vegas, come say hello. So anything else before we send it home? No, I apologize for interrupting that. I just... We were. I was working on just tweaking it a little bit and looking at some things, and um, I, I definitely think Robbie needs kudos for that. So, um, yes. Okay, that's it for me. <laughs> oh, Mark, I love you. Oh, I shot. I love you. Love you so much. I'll, I'll take you out for dinner one night. <laughs> All right. Before I lose my boyfriend to my co-editor, we'll send this one home. We'll see you next week right here on the Pro Wrestling Post. Podcast. Thanks. Good night. Good night. We love you too, Brandy. <laughs>